0: Tennessee season stays alive as the Vols pick up a 6-4 win over Stanford in the elimination game here in Omaha, Nebraska. The Vols' first win in the College World Series in 22 years in the first in the Tony Vitello era. And, Ryan, it didn't come stress-free. Tennessee had to work for it. They were down 4-0 in a game yet again. But once again, they came back and pick up the win. Two words is all i got to say to open this up. Chase Burns.
1: Uh, those are the two most important words. And, and man, was he dominant. Six innings pitched. Nine strikeouts, just two base runners allowed. One of those base runners was a bump single. Uh, Stanford couldn't touch him. I mean, he was just simply fantastic again. And he has kind of been, in my opinion, I think you'd say, Tennessee's MVP of the NCAA tournament so far. And I think today was probably – he's had a lot of really good outings. I think today's probably been his best to date.
0: Well, we could spend I don't know heck, 15, 20 minutes talking about how many games Chase Burns has been the MVP for ten- Tennessee this season, going all the way back to Vanderbilt, but certainly just focusing on the postseason, man, you're right. Clemson, Southern Miss, not necessarily the MVP in those games, but definitely had his moments, big moments. And then today against Stanford, it's he was undeniably the MVP. Let's see, let's pull up his stats as you know, Chase Dolander wasn't his best at all today. So Chase Burns had to come through in the clutch and he did six innings pitched only gave up two hits struck out nine retired 18 of 20 batters faced on and through 73 pitches in relief finished the game having retired 10 straight. I mean, Ryan, you know, Tony Vitello, Jared Dickey, they raved about Chase Burns following the game. If you could just further put, ten, put Burns's performance into words, how massive was this for Tennessee?
1: I, I mean, Tennessee needed it really badly. And you know it felt like Tennessee probably needed a good Chase Dolander outing to win this game and they got one of Chase Dolander's worst outings of the season but the probably on there was you knew you had Chase Burns in the bullpen and now Chase Dolander Tennessee they put a lot on Burns's plate uh, with him having to come in with one runner on base nobody out in the fourth inning but Burns answered the call and I mean he I felt like used was better with his off speed than he has, you know, down the stretch of the season, not that he's been bad with it, obviously. Uh, but it just felt like at times it's been really, really heavy fastball. And certainly there was a heavy dosage of fastball today, and it was really good as it has been uh creeping into triple digits pretty frequently. But it just felt like he had really all his pitches working for him and it, he was he was just fantastic. I mean it just felt like it was on cruise control. It, it just didn't yeah. feel like obviously both those Stanford base runners came in the same inning, so it would be inaccurate to say they never threatened uh but even then it just felt like he was going to going to get out of it and he did and he just didn't feel like he he broke much of a sweat today.
0: Well, one of those base runners in the 6th inning was a bunt. So, you know, yeah. it was a bunt bunt single that Burns probably shouldn't have even fielded at the time, but dude was just dominant and was the biggest reason why Tennessee got this win. Focusing on the offense for a second. We mentioned how Tennessee was down 4 to 0 just because Chase burns shoves doesn't mean Tennessee's offense is going to be able to come back into the game, but they did just that, scoring four runs in the fifth inning. This is now the second weekend in a row we've seen Tennessee fall down four to zero, and the offense have this huge inning, right? And Chase, a starter out of the game. And both times it's been a premier ace. Southern Mississippi Tanner Hall, Stanford's Quinn Matthews today. And we talked about how dangerous Quinn Matthews is, given the fact that he can throw a complete game and throw 130 pitches if he needs to. But Tennessee got after him today and chased him in the fifth.
1: They did. And, you know, it. I think what made, made the fifth feel unlikely was it felt like Tennessee had her chances early. First inning, two runners on base, obviously a 7-2 double play uh, on uh, when Tennessee tried to tag up from third, Malia Huna. It, it's ugliest the play inning.
0: of the game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Cal Stark throw into center field. The, the bottom That's, of the first fair. inning wasn't much better. But uh, that just shows the way Tennessee's responded because it was an ugly first inning. It looked like they were going to be up. And then it looked like, okay, it's going to be even. Bill Linder got the first two guys out, and all of a sudden you're down two, nothing. Uh, so that was good response for Tennessee. But, you know, going back to Matthews, it's like first inning chance, second inning chance, you don't take advantage. And then he was in cruise control, retired decided side and order, both the third and fourth inning, which made it eight straight retired for him. And it felt like, man, you know, Tennessee had – had good at-bats against them, had guys on base, so it wasn't like it felt like he was completely untouchable, but it almost felt like maybe they missed their chance, or at least a really good, good chance. Point. And then in the fifth inning, it just all they compiled it together. And, uh, you know, I talked about in our preview podcast, and I think I wrote about it a little bit too, I was concerned about Tennessee's offense in a big ballpark because they'd been so home run dependent. That was extended today because the wind was blowing in from left field. It was going to be really, really hard for anybody to hit a home run. Uh, But Tennessee just stacked single after single together in that fifth inning. Uh, Obviously, Jared Dickey and Christian Moore had the two huge, huge hits, both with two strikes, uh, both with two outs. And you combine that, it, it, it was huge. And then I guess kind of going back to the singles thing, you know, Tennessee's first 10 hits of the game were singles, and I believe 12 of 13 were singles. I doubt Tennessee's had 12 singles in a game all season before today.
0: No, that's crazy. You know, we talk about how Tennessee's such a home run team, and you're right. This big ballpark, you're gonna have to have games like this to win against good pitching, and Tennessee was able to do that today. Props to Maui Ahuna. I know Christian Moore and Jared Dickey had those big hits, and Jared Dickey had a great game, too, and, you know, Moore, obviously, big hit, couple of RBIs, but Maui Ahuna, three for five at the plate, didn't bat any runs in, but it just goes to show how good of a good of baseball Mal Yahuna is playing right now for Tennessee He is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of guys in that line. If you can give a ton of credit to, I'd give a ton of credit to Blake Burke, who obviously we've talked a lot about his struggles. He had one massive, massive hit the biggest hit last weekend at Hattiesburg, but still wasn't great. Top to bottom. He was really good today. Two or three. Uh, He had a double that set Tennessee up for two go ahead runs uh, that they scored in the seventh inning. He had a walk. Zane didn't besides, you know, the worst thing you can say about Zane Ditton's day was that he was up there in the fifth inning, bases loaded two outs, worked a fantastic about bat, 3-2, fouled off a couple pitches, and then he swung on a ball that bounced and, and hit him. Would have been would have been ball four or a hit by a pitch. Uh, instead. Right. it was an inning and a strikeout. But besides that, he was fantastic. He had two hits. He had uh, the RBI ground out that gave Tennessee to lead in the seventh inning. And even Cal Stark, who hasn't been great offensively, had a big hit uh, that kind of spark helped spark that fifth inning rally and uh, was hit by a pitch as well, gone on base two times. Uh, there were very few people that didn't contribute for Tennessee uh, offensively today.
0: Yeah, I mean, Hunter Inslee, only two Vols were hitless. It was Hunter Ensley and Christian Scott, and Hunter Ensley had a sack fly. Christian Scott definitely had the worst day, but we talked about in the press box how much trouble Christian Scott has had hitting lefties, so that, that was a big part of it, given Quinn Matthews was a lefty. But, you know, overall, ended up being a solid day for Tennessee's offense when all was said and done. They had a couple of in- or I guess not insurance runs, but a couple runs in the seventh to take the lead as Burke had that double to get it going. Griffin Merritt also drew a leadoff walk, but as you mentioned, the Zane didn't RBI ground out, and then Burke scored on a wild pitch. So with the way Chase Burns was pitching, we kind of talked about it with Paul Skeens. When Tennessee got up in this game, it was going to be hard for Stanford to come back and potentially win the game because Chase Burns was just so shut down. When Tennessee had those couple runs in the seventh, Ryan, did you kind of know this game was – Probably gonna end up in Tennessee's favor.
1: It felt that way, especially when they got the second one. And that I felt like was huge because Stanford really didn't make like any mistakes today, it felt like, besides that wild pitch. And it was such a big mistake and a big moment. And I heard Stanford's coach talk about it. I wasn't in the press conference room, but they were playing it up in the press box uh when we were up there after the game. And you know, he said it felt like if we were gonna win the game, we were gonna have to just get Chase Burns' pitch count up and like get it to the eleven for twelfth inning and get him out of the game. So uh, I think there was certainly a little bit of a helpless feeling for Stanford. Um, and, you know, it was for a good reason because, you know, as we've talked about at length, Burns was just so, so dominant today.
0: It's an instant reaction, Pod, but a big picture question for you right here. When Chase Burns assumed this bullpen role, and I'll even give you the sample size you saw against Arkansas and Vanderbilt when Chase Burns was really good. Could you have possibly seen this coming to where Chase Burns not only becomes one of the best relievers in college baseball, but potentially the best pitcher? in the ncaa tournament so far i know paul Skeens is awesome and he's been great and he was great against tennessee but chase burns definitely up there among best pitchers right now in the country
1: i'm not sure i saw it to this degree you know for sure because i think you know there's a lot of things about burns's uh pitch style that bodes well to come out of the bullpen because he's just that high velocity stuff uh he's such a good strikeout guy it made sense like okay he could be you know, he hasn't had a good season, but he can reinvent himself and be a, a key arm for Tennessee in the bullpen. But the degree of effectiveness, now, what is it? I think one run he's given up, one run in 16 innings pitched in the NCAA tournament. That's just unbelievable. Remarkable. So there's the the pure degree of how effective he's been is, man, I don't know how anyone could see that coming. And just, two, the fact that, sure, he's a bullpen guy. Sure, he's closed games for Tennessee. But he's basically got like two starts out of the bullpen at this point in the postseason. He threw six <laughs> innings uh, against Clemson, he threw six innings today, like he threw only seventy-three pitches a day, what you know, what it was up to like ninety-eight, ninety-nine against Clemson. Like it's been yeah. starting pitching length outings out of the bullpen. And for him to have struggled so much in that type of uh spot or just as a starter and not be able to get six innings early in the season, for him to come in the bullpen and just be so lights out doing it. Uh Sure, I saw a path them being really good and successful at a Tennessee bullpen, but I'd be lying if I said I saw this coming from them.
0: So how much has, if you could put this into words too, how much has that decision from Tony Vitell to move per- Burns to the bullpen, how much has it saved their season?
1: Uh, it's been the best move in their season for a long time. It was the best move because of how good Andrew Lindsay was on Friday nights, and certainly that, yeah, Burns was good too uh, out of the bullpen, but and in the postseason, it's become the best move just because of how they've been able to use Burns. And Tony Vitello talks about a lot, you know, or has talked about a lot during his tenure of, you know, we don't really believe in having a closer. This is college baseball. It's 50 games, it's not 162 games. You want to use your best bullpen guy at the biggest moments in games. And it's this has almost just been like a fulfillment of that, or maybe an exaggerated version of that, where Tennessee's using their best pitcher right now. The biggest moment in moments in games, and when they're in a bind, because they were in a bind to a degree at Clemson. Maybe not as much a bind, more than they were just facing Kaden Rice, who was really, really good. Uh, but they were in a bind a couple times last week in Southern Miss when they brought him in. They were certainly in a bind today uh, when they brought him in, and he's bailed them out and he's given them just unbelievable productivity uh, in long outings. That uh, between the Lindsey move, helping them at the top, being kind of the instant jolt this team needed. And burns in the bullpen and kind of the versatility he's given them down the stretch. It's certainly been uh, the move of Tennessee season and probably maybe a little hy- hyperbolic, a little in the moment right here thinking, you know, not having thought it over, but you know, I would say one of the best, best moves Tony Vitello has made as Tennessee's coach.
0: Well, a win in Omaha is great considering Tennessee hasn't had one in 22 years. And it's great considering Vitello's never had one in his head coaching career, but Job's not finished, and Tennessee knows that. they still got more baseball to play. Tomorrow night is the next game against the loser of this Wake Forest first LSU game. LSU up 2-0 to zero right now with second or third inning still early on here in Omaha. But Tennessee's going to get a good team tomorrow night with elimination on the line yet again, Ryan. Which team gives Tennessee the best chance at winning tomorrow night as far as who they play?
1: I think there's probably arguments to be made either way for who you want uh, to face I think the thing that stands out to me, or why I would say you want to face LSU tomorrow, is just they won't have Paul Skeens, they won't have Ty Floyd who's pitching today, and you're kind of getting deeper into the arms that LSU is going to have to use. And I think that certainly bodes well for you know whoever faces them, Tennessee in this case. But to me, the bigger thing, you know, the bigger picture, it's going to be hard tomorrow. You know, to be a Wake Forest or LSU, it's going to be hard to rest it away. Yes. Yeah. The bigger picture is to me looking at it what gives you the best chance to get to get to the championship series and that's facing lsu tomorrow and not having lsu to have in their back pocket in you know a final winner go home game they're not gonna have paul Skeens. you know wake wake forest isn't gonna have that if you have to beat them twice now it's gonna be really really hard because wake Forest is really good and they have really good pitching depth uh but paul Skeens just kind of feels like the cheat code or or just the one guy that's, that's unbeatable in this tournament right now and I think when you're looking at the long term of all right, what does Tennessee need to do to win a national championship? It would bode better for them to face to face LSU tomorrow and get the Tigers out of the way. With you know, Paul Skeens could probably come in and get a batter out or maybe an inning, but you're not going to see him, and, yeah. him in any sort of extended role.
0: Well, I've seen some talk where you know maybe Tennessee shouldn't be too worried. To, well, obviously, you got to be worried when you're playing Paul Skeens no matter what, but it's a little bit lesser because this will be your third time seeing Paul Skeens. Do you think that plays a factor, or is Paul Skeen's just too good? It doesn't matter.
1: I tend to lean towards the latter there. Like, sure, it helps some. I mean, to, but you would have said the same thing about, oh, it probably helps some sub the second time for the season. And well, Tennessee went fair and even.
0: But also, Paul Skeen's pitched differently against Tennessee the second time around. They talked about him pitching backwards, using a lot of off speed stuff that was just lethal. You know, it was a little bit of a different script Paul Skeen's was using the second time around. So maybe that's something to take into account. I don't know.
1: Yes, I think that's a good point to that of why would it be different second time, but I don't see that. I don't care if you've seen Paul Skeens do it before. If Paul Skeens is going to throw changeups change ups and dot them up for first pitch strikes, you don't, don't have a chance. Like <laughs> uh, if yeah. he, he were, he can work backwards against you and you could know, okay, you worked backwards against me. He might do it again. Well, it doesn't matter if he can effectively locate the off speed stuff and then pump in 102 past you. Uh, so he was better yesterday and more versatile because he worked backwards as opposed to his first start. Um, but if you're that talented and you have everything working again, I don't care if it's your 10th time facing the guy, you might have a little bit more success. And obviously the bar is pretty low to the success Tennessee's he's had this year, but you're not going to start, you know, tatering them all over the park just because you've seen them a couple of times.
0: So if Tennessee were to face LSU tomorrow night in Omaha, you like Tennessee's chances to keep their season alive yet again?
1: Yeah. It- yeah, I mean, I think they, it feels like a toss-up again, which is kind of what I said going into this game. I picked Tennessee to win, but it just felt like a toss-up. Tennessee will have the pitching advantage, I think, with Drew Beam on the bump and, and talk to Seth Alverson after the game. He said, yeah, I'm 100% ready to give whatever they need me tomorrow. So he'll be ready too. So Tennessee will have, I think, a little bit of a pitching advantage. But at the end of the day, this LSU offense is still a good bit better than Tennessee. So I think that's kind of uh, – a an evening out factor and it, it will be, you know, two teams that are, are pretty evenly matched. Tennessee won the regular season game with Drew Beam pitch, but, you know, Beam wasn't great in that outing either. But it feels like Drew Beam is a different pitcher and a better pitcher than he now than he was back in March.
0: Yeah, in that game, Tennessee's offense just attacked <laughs> Thatcher Hurd in their bullpen and it wasn't even close. Yeah. I can't remember how many first inning runs they had, but it it was something crazy, like eight or maybe they had ten in the first two innings or something.
1: They, I think they, yeah, I think they went like five and five. The first five two and five or four yeah. six. It was ten in the first two innings. I think pretty balanced out between those two innings.
0: Yeah, maybe it was Florida that they had eight in the first inning. Is something like yeah. that. But back when they were just winning series finales only, but now we're in Omaha. So, any nah. final notes from this Tennessee win over Stanford before we wrap up here?
1: No, I don't think so. I think maybe when you look at the long term of all right, if Tennessee keeps winning, when can pitch or throw again. Burns at seventy-three, you know, I wouldn't I mean it's Omaha. It's your season on the line. So maybe you can turn around and give him a little bit on Wednesday. It's hard for me to think he can give him anything tomorrow. Really feels like Thursday, uh, before he could, you know, throw anything similar to this, you know, three, four innings again. And then with Dolander, obviously he wasn't good today. Uh, but he only threw 58 pitches. So it would seem like, you know, he could have a somewhat quick turnaround and start again. Kind of like I just said with Burns, maybe not going seven, eight innings, uh, but could give Tennessee four or five innings again here in uh, here in a couple of days.
0: Well, Tennessee's always gonna typically always gonna have the pitching depth, and they still have plenty of horses left to go tomorrow night. That game will be seven Eastern time. Tennessee, every game they're gonna play until maybe they reach the College World Series Finals is going to be a night game, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night would be the three games they could potentially play. All will be at 7 Eastern except on ESPN, except for the final one. That one would be on ESPN 2. All right, Ryan, appreciate you hopping on here, and uh, I guess we'll see everybody tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, sounds great.
0: All right, everybody, thanks for listening to this edition of the Top Insider Press Fest Baseball Podcast. As I just said, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow live from Omaha.